Welcome back to another edition, week four of The Casuals. I'm your host, the Chief Kunal Kohli, joined by the Hebrew Hammer, and voted the 2020 World Sexiest Man, Isis. I don't have anything to say on this podcast today. You're just gonna be quiet. He's just no, it's just like I only have like I only had three work three weeks worth of content, so I I really don't know what I'm supposed to do today. Can we just get like a whole podcast of you just doing transitions? Sure. <laughs> just in the background. <laughs> but speaking of transitions, let's transition to one of my favorite things this past month. NBA preseason. We are a week away. Yeah, just a week away from the start of the regular season. That was very smooth, Kunal, by the way. Thank you. I hope it was. <laughs> But yeah, what what have you guys liked? Uh, I know there's plenty of things I like to see um, that I didn't like this year, or well, this preseason. But let's start off with you guys. I'll tell you what I don't like, or what I what I'm confused about. What happened to Lori Markkinen? Like this guy, I thought was the next European guy up, and this guy, you know, last season, pretty much in short blows dick and then this preseason the preseason starts and you can tell they're trying to force feed him him the ball and this guy can't buy a bucket what happened to him he used to be so pure did his wife leave him did he just lose all of his confidence like what's going on with this guy is it is it in his head does he suck what happened see i think he's never been that good like there is so much hype buying into him uh, when he got drafted, but there's a reason they drafted Wendell Carter Jr. There's a reason why he's getting replaced. Well, I mean, when I mean the thing about Markinen is like, I personally I didn't know about any of the hype. I just saw that this guy was a bucket. It seemed like he couldn't miss three shots in a row. You know, he was on that uh, Duncan Robinson level of scoring. You know, this guy was just pure. And it's like, how do you just lose it? Did he just get his powers taken away? You know, there, there, there's an alien out there that has all of Laurie Markkinen's pop, just ball powers. You think he got abducted? Yo, he might have. Space Jam 2's coming out, like, next year. I wouldn't be surprised if Laurie Markkinen's a monster. And how come everybody's like, yo, this Wendell Carter guy is going to be, like, the next phenom, and, like, he, he's done little to nothing. And there's, like... It's just straight up potential, and we all just expect him to eventually be this guy. But like, like he has little to nothing to show for it, and then everybody's so quick to act like Laurie Markkinen is trash. Do people not have time to develop anymore? Like, I mean, is everyone is everyone just supposed to come in and just be all stars right off the rip? Or I mean, can like people can like people actually get some time to develop? In I mean, we yet? can all we can all be honest about Wendell. Like it's taking longer than we expected. We thought when that was he, he drafted? When was he drafted? When was he drafted, Kunal? This is year three for him. Okay, <laughs> if you're going into year three and you want somebody to be an all star, then you're kind of crazy. It takes. I feel like it takes at least four no, years for someone to develop in the NBA. No, 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 no. You're going, I, you're, I don't think he should be an all star at this point in his career. Okay, then what are you expecting? I don't think he's done enough to, like, earn these crazy minutes that he's getting. That's how you develop players. (laughs) 
Yeah, how, give how him, else are you give supposed him the, to grow? Yeah, he's supposed to sit on the bench and learn, or do you want him to go out there and actually play a game and like I, actually I just, learn from doing instead of I just learning feel like from just sitting? Everyone is so hopeful about this kid, and he's done little to nothing to show for it so far in his career. I'm not saying that he can't eventually be this guy. I'm just saying that it's taking longer than I expected. What yeah, the, because you expect rookies to be all stars. Well, I mean, after looking at how like, long did it take? Marketing. So, like Karis Levert, which you praise him, right? You say, "Oh, he still ha- needs to develop," and he's in his like fourth season. He's like yeah, twenty six. So, still, so, where, so where's so where's the line in his career? Where's the line, though? Well, I mean, Karis does he still Levert, need to develop, or should he have already developed because he should have been an all star when he was a rookie? Well, I, I don't think Wendell Carter is a good player at this point in his career. I think he can be a really good player. Karis, on the other hand, is in fact a really good player right now and still has potential to keep growing. Because he needs to develop more. Yeah. Okay, so you're giving somebody else a five-year, six-year development versus a guy who's been in the league for three years. Who's, who's going into his third? He hasn't I even expect, been in the full three years. I expect Carter to at least be startable right now. Is the he thing not is, startable? Though, the Bulls don't need him to be at that level yet. Chicago's not competitive. I mean, they need a lot of things. You're right. But I mean, like, they can wait. Like, I mean, we can be real, though. I mean, like, Zach Levine, if we're going to be honest, he's probably not going to, he's probably going to be traded soon. I, he needs to go to a, a good team. And after that, it's like, who else do they have? Like, who's Kobe who's White? They just got Patrick Williams uh, in the draft, who honestly looked pretty decent. And Kobe um, White, I mean, weren't they trying to draft a guard this year? It had me wondering. It's like, wow, like, are they really, like, about to move on from this guy that quick? Do yeah, they but they, they didn't draft a guard. They, they drafted There was Patrick a lot Williams. of speculation about them getting another guard, and it – But did they? I mean, we'll see. Speculation is speculation. Like, you're not going to see anything. The, 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 I, the season is about to start. To all speculation, if we're going to be honest. Oh, okay. So, all speculation that James Harden was going to play with the Rockets, that's just not speculation, or is that actually going to happen? Or him going to Brooklyn, that's speculation. Or he's going to go to the 76ers, that's I mean, speculation. That was all speculation. So, I mean, you, you, you can only play for one team. But, like, the fact was he did want to go to Brooklyn. He figured out that's probably not going to happen, and then he, now he's trying to see if he can go to the Heat. Now he's trying to see if he can go to Philly. I, I mean, it's all, it's all speculation. Honest. There's no – a lot of uh, truth is not in speculation, if that's what you're trying to say. I'm not that's saying dumb. that it's all completely correct, but I think there's some truth to it. Okay. I mean, we'll I'm see. I'm not sure if I mean, super high on Kobe White at this point in time. Uh, he was a rookie last year, so, I mean, you can only – He was a good rookie last year. Like, he wasn't just, like, all right, like, middle of the road. No, like, he proved that he could really run that offense and take See, it I up. disagree. I think he was – I didn't think he was that good of a rookie. I'm happy that you don't, like, run, a, like, a basketball or NFL team because you just give up on people after one year. You're like, oh, I saw six games in an 82-game season. He's done. Like, it's just dumb. It, it really is dumb, to be honest with you. No, I mean – you're acting like I think these guys are incapable of growing. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying at this point in time, this is what they are. This is what I'm seeing from them. Do they have potential to grow? Obviously. But what are they right now? What were they last year? Wendell Carter. Well, I mean, it's the preseason. I see all this hype. 
And obviously, I don't pay attention to college, so I'm not going to be super high on these guys like everybody. So when I watch, I watch it without bias. So when I see a guy like Wendell Carter, I'm kind of like, all right, like I don't know what everybody's what everybody's talking about. That's the only reason I bring it up. With Markinen, I didn't see any of the hype. All I saw was this guy that was a pure scorer and a guy that just looks like his uh, his character was taken away from him or something. So that's why I bring it up. Dude regressed so hard in 2K. What He went probably from like a 78 down to like a 62. <laughs> Damn, Man's after one hard. preseason game. Man's fell hard. But, one season and a preseason game. Yeah, but what else, what else have we been liking in preseason so far? Because I know just watching the Knicks, my favorite person in the world is obviously Obadiah Toppin. It's Toppin time. Obi won. Give that boy an unlimited green light. Just give him the ball. Just say, hey, do what Julius Randle did last year and just do everything on the court because I would pay good money to watch Obi Toppin do that. Do you think um, having Julius Randle, like, obviously take so many shots and have the ball in his hands a good amount of time, do you think that's going to hurt him? Oh, definitely. They, they need to get rid of Julius. Julius is on the chopping block in my mind. I mean, Did I think you like he, what you saw from Obi last night or when their second preseason game? Okay, I mean he's a rookie. He, there's going to be some growing pains. Okay, as long as you're as long as you're uh, smart with uh, figuring out rookies. I just wanted to see if you were done with him after one preseason. So what game. do you guys like from him, and what do you guys not like from him? So offensively, like the kid plays a very smart game, uses his strength to his advantage, um, his footwork beautiful knows how to land when he dunks yep which is yep. a key um he's a rebounding his rebounding was like low-key elite like he was grabbing everything his vision was nice but again it was the pistons with with the rookie though the you know like it's their first action and he, they didn't have summer league so we obviously can't buy too much into these rookies but the fact that he made his presence felt and that you always knew when he was on the floor. You know, well, that's something that we On the offensive side of the ball, you did. Defensively, yeah. though, he, he was kind of atrocious. Like, we knew that coming in, though. It's gonna be a did. it's gonna be a process. Did you like RJ playing at the three? I'm gonna be real. I don't think I like RJ at all this season. Why? Like his shot selection that first game was atrocious. Transition defense the past two games could have been a lot better. Finishing, though, I mean, he's getting to the bucket with ease, like finishing really well in the paint, uh, even when he's being really heavily de- defended. I think so, – yeah, Oh, sorry. You keep I was going to say, I think in that, in that way he's grown quite a bit. And under Thibodeau, we're going to see him start to drive to the basket more. We're going to see him start stop looking for that outside shot as much because he can afford to do that. So I, I'm very uh, divided on RJ. So I didn't like him. I mean, you guys know I didn't like him at all last season. Um, I didn't like him in college, to be honest. He was one of the only college players that I knew, and it was only because he had Zion on his team. Back then, I was like, oh, he's just taking shots away from Zion. That's how I felt about him coming in. 
And, you know, in the preseason, I watched the first preseason game. He, it looks almost like he's wonky on offense. It's like he's robotic almost. It's like when he gets the ball, he's not natural with it whatsoever, but he has this green light to him. Like he thinks he can make any shot. It's almost like he's a my creative player in NBA 2K with like a Russell Westbrook type attitude. So it's like when you're like a 60 overall and you're still taking all these shots. And that's why you probably see this bad shot selection because he legitimately, he legitimately thinks he's going to make all these shots. And he needs to tone that down. He needs to let the game come to him. Um, and when he gets the ball in his hands, again, I don't think he's natural with it. And that's why you see him, his body control. It looks like he's just, when he drives the lane, it looks like you could call him for a charge every time because he's just out of control. Part of it is, though, he doesn't have a natural playmaker in that starting lineup. Like, yeah. Dennis Smith Jr. has been absolutely atrocious. Uh, Alfred Payton. Get him out of there. I don't know why Alfred Payton's in the NBA. Get him out of there. Same with honestly, DSJ, honestly. The cool thing about Alfred was his hair. And now that it's gone, it's like, wh- wh- what's he doing? You have a def- uh, mid-level defensive point guard who can push fast breaks and not do anything else. Welcome to welcome to the Alfred Payton experience. Talk about lack of development. Alfred Payton God. number one. And what I don't understand about this team is you have quickly, you have Austin Rivers, you have good guards. But yeah, Austin Rivers didn't play though. Huh? Did Austin Rivers play the second game? I don't think he did. I didn't even no, I think he's hurt. He is nursing a foot injury, I think. But like, he might play a huge role on that team if we're going to be honest. I hope he does. He's a really good player. Like, until he does a step back and just airballs it. I mean, yeah, it's Austin Rivers, but yeah, he's streaky. You get what you. I mean, you get. You know, you. It's kind of like a J.R. Smith. You know, like there's going to be some games where he's just a bucket, and then there's some games where he's going to look out of control. But that's what you get with him. Say it's it's not a stretch of imagination by any means to say he's the best guard on the Knicks right now, which is god awful to say because DSJ should have been twenty times better than he's playing right now. Lord, he has been just god awful. Can remember when people are saying that the Knicks missed out on him because they drafted Frank? Yep. Yeah, and it's. <laughs> Remember how he was the centerpiece for the Kristaps trade? Yeah. <laughs> they literally got nothing for Kristaps. Got a year of DeAndre. No, yeah, you're right. They got absolutely nothing. And those those uh those two picks are going to be in like the 20s next year. Uh it's really exciting. Thanks, Luca. I mean, if Kristaps like, doesn't come back, you know, it maybe in hindsight it won't look too bad on paper. Is he hurt? His knee. He got a procedure. Again. I think he tore his meniscus. Ooh. Never like that. He didn't tear it, but, like, he needed more work on it. So I don't know what that's going to amount to. He's going to miss the early part of the season, though, because of it. 
I got to say, though, I mean, outside of the Knicks, there's a ton of other stuff I liked. Uh, watching Boogie and uh, John Wall play. Yo, how do you feel that. about that? First, first and foremost, fuck you, James Harden. Fuck you. Secondly, I'm fine if the Houston Rockets just say, hey, we're going to let James Harden sit for a year because uh, he's being a little bitch. Let's watch the 2010 Kentucky basketball team play in the NBA. Because, boy, those two are just so fun to watch. John Wall, he looks fast. I'm surprised. Yeah. Everybody had him out left. Everyone had him out for dead. And this guy, he still looks electric. Um, maybe he lost a step. We don't know yet. But at least he's better, th- he's better than I thought he was going to look first look. And I think maybe James Harden saw that. And he was like, okay, maybe this won't be so bad. DeMarcus looks good. I'm not sure how uh, – I mean, he weighs like 70 pounds now, so I'm not sure how effective he's really going to be this year. But his jump shot's looking clean. It's always been pretty clean. Like, watching him that first night just sink two threes, I was like, let's go, boogie back, baby. I feel so bad for him. He has had such a tumultuous career. I, I truly hope Houston is just – just embraces him for who he is. I mean, they're going to have to. I just feel like he got absolutely – he might be the uh, NBA player other than Isaiah Thomas that got screwed over the most. You know, this guy was in line for a huge contract. The Kings wouldn't do it. Looks like he's about to get paid and then messes his shit up. Just – well, he, he did it to himself. The Pelicans had an offer on the table, and he declined it. What was the offer? I don't know. It was like two two years. Like 20? It was 20, 20 annually, I think. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, he should have taken that. But, like, he was a guy that was going to be paid, like, $30 million. Like, he was a, a max contract caliber player at one point. That same the, the season before, and I don't blame him for thinking like, oh yeah, I can get better because I'm, I'm an elite talent. But that's not the way it went, obviously. But you signed like a one year, five million dollar deal to go to the Warriors. Yeah, well, I mean, he was like, so, Yo, they don't see. So he was ring, so he was ring chasing, and blew out his knee. How is that? How is that not his fault? I mean, like, it's a risk that he took. Don't get me wrong. But, like, the fact was, like, I understood his logic with it. He was like, okay, like, no one's valuing me the way I see the way I should be valued. So he's like, okay, maybe I'll take less, get a ship, and then all of a sudden the market will open up for me if I play a pretty decent role on a championship team. I mean, look what playing for the Warriors did for Harrison Barnes, you know? He got the bag right after. Look what playing for the Lakers did for KCP, Rajon Rondo, Dwight Howard. They didn't Super necessarily Chris. get paid like you were expecting. They were, they were never max caliber players. None of I them mean, were going to get a max coming out this year. No, but like even Rondo got like significantly more than what I think he deserves, yeah. to be honest. Um, I mean, do you, you got to think – is Atlanta going to make the playoffs? If not, then Rondo's basically useless. He I only shows up in the playoffs. 
You think Atlanta will make it? They made all those moves for a reason. I mean, I think it's going to be tough. They're going to they're battling for the eighth seed, right? Yeah. And like, I get it. You have Trey, but Trey doesn't play defense. I mean, that's why you got Rondo. You also have an incredibly crowded front court. They do, and that seems to always be their issue. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if. I mean, I, I don't want him to be on the move because I love John Collins, but I think John Collins might be on the move because he doesn't play like a defense either. Don't they have Capella? They have Capella and they have Okongwu in the back. Or they and got they Okongwu have... waiting in the mean, in the wings. They have a they have a roster full of dogs. Like this is a team like that's one or two years away from the playoffs. I mean, I feel like it's a team that doesn't really make any sense together. Although, yeah, like I don't understand the Rondo fit other than because Trey is just a complete liability on defense. It helps to have a dog at the guard position. So, I mean, it's just a weird overall team, though. It it really is, but like, I kind of get it. Like, I like it. The spacing is very much on point, you know, between Trey, Kevin Herter, um, Bogey. Ke- Bogey. Hell, I mean, DeAndre Hunter and uh, Cam Reddish were both looking pretty good. Yeah. I think you have Danilo there, right? Oh, yeah, they have yeah. Gallo. So, like, you, Did you see all- his wife got, or she was already pregnant, but she had a baby. Oh, and you- I think, yeah, yeah. And so they took a picture and like he posted it everywhere and her nipple was just out. <laughs> just like pose, like pose having a baby. I thought that was funny. Someone was just like the Gallinari's though. <laughs> they're like, oh, they're not married. Uh, her last name is not Gallinari. But someone was like, is, is no one gonna say that her just nipples out? <laughs> just casually, just. <laughs> I was just like, how can you like look at like like. Your eye just kind of draws to it, and you're like, how did they not know, you know? It's because no one wants to be that guy that that comments that. True, but, I mean, just those two looking at the picture after, like, after they took it, you know what I'm saying? Like, whoa, like, just cover up your nip there. Yo, free the nip, man. Those Italians, bro, they're out here. (laughs) So, oh, wait, keep going, sorry. I was going to say, I got to say, though, only four games of preseason in the NBA this year. You know, not a lot of time to prep. Do you guys think there's any drawbacks there? Like, does this preseason actually matter? Yeah. Does preseason matter just in general? I I would say no. If all your conclusions about the year come from the preseason, then I don't know which, like, I don't know why you care. Uh, I mean, that's definitely not the case. I think it does matter because there is no summer league this year. So, I mean, not everybody not, plays in summer league. Yeah, but like for the young players, especially and these, especially the young coaches that haven't seen these players, they don't know who, what type of schemes to run. It's their first look at some of the guys. You know, like for even well, Thibodeau, he's analyzing every little thing that's happening. It's his first look. And then we get to see like John Wall and Kevin Durant play. We haven't seen them play in a year or two. 
So it's nice to see what type of player they're going to be this year. You're, I mean, you're. I mean, you're not going to see what type of player they are just from one preseason game. I mean, they're going to be. Rusty, I mean, it's obviously, just. But like, it just it makes no sense. The fact that we got to see John Wall in live action and he was still fast, you know, that's all I needed to see. Oh, you just you, you could have saw them in the regular season though. It's not like the you're you're going up against guys who are going maybe seventy five percent. I mean, he's still going 100%. It's not like so he him going at 100% versus everyone else going at like 75%. What does that show? The fact that he looks fast is what I need to see. The fact that he still looks athletic. The fact that he still looks like John Wall. That's all I need to see. I Yeah, you're right. No one's trying. A bunch of the young people are, though, because this is their first action. Lamello's, guys like LaMelo, they're trying to figure things out. And this is their first real NBA action. So, like, this is all helpful to everybody. You, you saw the Clippers. No one gave a fuck. So, who cares about that? But, like, you see guys like Kevin Durant. You see guys like John Wall. These guys are nervous for these games because they haven't played in a while. They don't know how their body's going to respond. They don't know how, how their body's going to respond to extra minutes. They don't know how they're going to play with their teammates. You know, this is helpful for everybody. Yeah, but I mean, if you're putting any stock into the preseason, I don't get it. Like, who cares if Kevin Durant came out there and played well against the Washington B team? Like, I mean, who, you, like who care? Like, who care? Like, if you're if you're trying to tell me a, if you're trying to tell me that's going to translate to next season or to the regular season, then it's kind of dumb. Like, wh- whatever. Like, he, they're just there to condition. They're trying to get into game shape. That's all it is. To to think that that KD played well it's kind of crazy if you looked at his stats he didn't and even fact, play that great it's just like the fact oh okay so 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 you saying oh kd is back or you you can't say anything about kd and kyrie because kd played relatively shitty like he like no one should talk because he talked because he played shitty in a preseason game so what are you trying to say I'm just trying to, I'm just asking you, why do you think the preseason means so much? Like, oh. like Laurie Market, and you, you said, oh, his confidence is gone. Man hasn't played in eight months. He's just getting back on the court. Well, in with, a preseason Laurie, game. with Laurie, it, I mean, it's different because it's kind of just an extension of last year. I'm just, I want to see him succeed. So I, I like want his shot to come back. But I'm wondering, like, what happened to that guy? While with Kevin Durant, we haven't seen him play in a year and he said it himself. He said he was nervous for this preseason game. And as a Nets fan, this was probably the most anticipated preseason game in franchise history. We get to see the, see, the Nets. The Nets are so poverty that a preseason game is what gets them excited. Like, like who cares? Like I w- if he can do that in the regular season, then you can get excited. But what are you not can't... understanding? Kevin Durant's the best player that they've ever had on their team. So the fact that he came out there and he's doing the things that Kevin Durant does. But he, he didn't do what Kevin Durant. He looked bad. He didn't look bad at all. He was still shooting over people. He was making shots. Even, I mean, he literally admitted after the game, he said in the second half, he just stopped. Like he, he was just jacking up shots. He was taking shots he wouldn't normally take. But he said yeah, because nobody cares about the preseason. Yeah, exactly. It's literally, it's, like, literally, it's literally about getting conditioned. I'm not hyping up Kyrie, even though he balled out. I'm not saying it's about their performance. I'm just saying they're doing the th- – like the fact that we can see 
Kevin Durant do do and look like Kevin Durant is all we need to see. It's a breath of fresh air for everybody in the organization and fans everywhere. The fact that we I see don't give, I don't care. Do, I don't give a fuck. I mean, you're a hater though, so it doesn't matter for you. But for everybody else, but that, you said like, fans all. Around. You said all. You said all the fans. I mean, who 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 cares if he if he played well against the B team Wizards team? Like with without the two starting I didn't players, even say anything about him playing well. I'm just saying that he looks. But you're like saying that you he's doing what KD does, and I don't believe it. Yeah, as in he's playing over the rim, he's playing defense, he's doing the things that people said that he wasn't going to be able to do pre-injury. And I was nervous. I was nervous he was never going to be the same again. I didn't think he was going to be able to play defense. I didn't think he was going to be able. He was going to be. He was going to be confident enough to drive to the rim and slam it. I didn't think he was going to be able to do that in his at least the first couple games in the regular season. He did that in his first preseason action. So that speaks volumes about where he is right now. Okay, well, we'll see yeah, when everybody's going 100% down. in the regular season if he truly isn't at 80% or 85%. The fact is, he looks- if you're putting that much into a preseason game, then you're kind of in trouble. I, that's, that's all I got to say. I mean, it's a preseason game, and you're, and, you're acting, and you're acting as if, like, Jesus came off the cross, and now he's playing for the Nets. Like, slow your roll. Like, so here's a here's – a, okay. So you, you'll bash RJ for playing bad in a preseason game, which – and then I say to you, it's a preseason game. Who cares, right? But then you'll, you'll get on your knees, start sucking on Katie's cock, just because he looked like KD against a in, in a preseason game, like where's the line? Well, RJ looked like he had good performances. Am I right? He had one good performance, but again, who cares? It's no, the preseason. think about it. He recovered in the first game. He ended up well, yeah, because he hasn't played in eight months. So but, he hasn't played in eight. So he hasn't played in eight months. KD hasn't played in a year. So like, where's the line? Like, when is it you're a homer versus you're gonna look at something objectively? I'm not talking about performance. I don't know what you're not understanding. I'm just then, saying with RJ, with RJ. Okay, I'm going back to that. RJ just undoubtedly doesn't look natural whatsoever. Yeah, he was scoring the bucket against trash players. I will admit it. And yet, like, that was fine. But the fact is he looks wonky still, and that's what I'm not a fan of. That's all I'm saying about RJ. What you Katie. said, you you put out you put out several tweets just bashing RJ because you think that's the cool thing to do, and I'm just asking you, at what point is it that you're a hater for RJ, and it's not like it's and it's just a preseason game versus it's KD and you're being a homer, and you're saying that you know the Nets are going to win it all. He's he's back, right? I, I just want to know where the line is. I just want to know. When is it that it's just so you think RJ's trash? So I don't think RJ is a great player at this point in time. KD is an all-time great. I that's the line. I don't know what you're trying to say. So so why does KD get a pass in the preseason, but RJ doesn't? Like who, like who cares? Like if you're going to judge a player for their RJ whole season, in general, if you're just if you're going to judge saying. a whole player on their whole season off of one preseason game, I got to think to myself, well, this guy's an idiot. It's and not then, about the preseason. I'm literally not giving him so a then, pass in general. So then why are you tweeting out 
and saying, oh, well, RJ's trash in his first preseason game. Uh, that's I all I want to know. The but then you're, you're giving – okay. I you said, said he's trash because I don't think he's a very good player at this point. He can't I'm going to bring up the receipts. I'll bring up the receipts. Damn, man is pulling into his bag of receipts. I'm sorry. This is Look, riveting he's stuff to, here on he's the about podcast. To change, he's about to spread fake media right now. I'm not going to spread fake media. I'll, I'll, I'll have, I'll have, um, I'll have it up on the screen. Ladies and gentlemen, we are witnessing a heavyweight bout right now. Did you all, delete the tweets? I didn't. All based on RJ Barrett. I think you did, man. I swear to you, I did not. No, you did. You you deleted the tweets after I went in on you. Wow. You're fake news media. I literally did not. Oh, okay. Ready? I hate being that guy, but RJ Barrett really sucks. During during the Wait, time, in, what did I say in the in the preseason? No, but this was during the preseason game. So one would think, oh, why would you just put that out there? Unless you were provoked because to do I'm it watching because you're watching him. the preseason. Okay, yeah. You, so you're judging of the preseason game. I've been saying the same things last year. Okay, and I said especially just, especially in a preseason saying? game. Why are you so offended? Are you that insecure about RJ Barrett that like I'm I'm not insecure what? about RJ Barrett. I, I'm just I'm just asking. You think he's a very why good is, player right now? He still needs to develop. So is I'm he a good gonna, player right now? Develop. Right now, is he a good player? He's comparable to Karis Levert. All right, I'm next conversation. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh so, then, so then I have I have one more I have one more wait, question. Wait, 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 wait. Do you seriously think RJ is comparable? RJ, where he's at right now, is comparable to Karis Levert. He's gonna bring yeah, up I some think, bullshit stats. I think I think casual I think stats. I, what what are my casual stats? You're, You're gonna, gonna be your, like, oh, he shot forty four percent last he, year, therefore please, he's just as good as RJ. Okay, Perry. so please please bring up your your wonderful stats that you have that says otherwise. Or are you just going to say because I watch? Because if that's what you're going to say, then I don't really care. About yeah, him. I mean, objectively, he's a much better player. He's smooth, and he's natural at the ball. He plays defense. He's a great distributor, and he can shoot off ball. I just want to know, why do you put so much stock in the preseason? I'm not. I just want to know how you think R.J. Barrett is as good as Karis LeVert. I mean, Karis LeVert has time to develop, but R.J. doesn't. I'm still going to say that Karis LeVert. You're telling me the Knicks starting shooting guard or small forward last year does not have numbers numbers. as a rookie. Wait, are you saying that like rookie Karis was worse than RJ? No, 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 no. I'm saying that rookie RJ had almost the same numbers as Karis Levert last year as a rookie, okay. and he still has time to develop. <laughs> pain, but hey, this is pain. If if RJ puts up 101 points in the preseason game, he's locked in for a Hall of Fame career. Just remember that. Well, I guess you think Kent Bazemore is on their level too. At one point, he averaged 18 points a game on the Lakers. 
So he must be good as everyone else that averaged 18 points on the Lakers or anywhere else. But did he do it in the preseason? Because that's all that matters. He might have. And if no, he did, okay. I, well, guess, then I guess, I guess yeah. and I guess he's a goat. Again, no one said anything about the preseason, like determining all of this stuff. Well, it's I'm just, just saying like, from you've seen one game of KD and you, and you claim that he's bad. Well, he's doing things that we didn't think that everybody was saying that wasn't going to be possible. Okay, but he's doing it in a preseason game. That's my that's my argument. So it doesn't matter that he dunks because it was a preseason game. Yeah, I mean, I see people dunk all the time. Yeah, but it's KD. He just had okay, and he's seven foot tall. Knee injury, and it, it wasn't a knee injury or Achilles injury. And I didn't think he was going to be that aggressive early on. And the fact that he was, I mean, it's a preseason game, so it doesn't matter, though. Yeah, it is a preseason game. Who cares? Yeah, I, I don't understand your logic at all. God, this is painful. Moving on, though, because I think we need to move on here. Lord. So, it's funny you bring up Laurie Markin, and, and it's funny we bring up RJ. Because I think they're both representative of two very different systems of coming into the league. Laurie obviously played overseas. RJ played at Duke. I don't know if you boys have noticed this, but it, to me, at least upon the eye test, international players balling out right now. Whereas some guys who went the more traditional NCAA route, not so much. Is that kind of what you guys have been seeing? So the NBA, like as a whole, I mean, the MVP, you know, he's Greek. Luca, he's not from here either. The NBA is run by international players. The the pot of players is much larger than it's ever been. Um, I'm not sure if if international players are like have an advantage over the Americans playing in college. Um, because like, I mean, other than Luca, actually, maybe. The European style, maybe that, maybe players that play in the more European style, maybe they're more likely to translate immediately and not need as much development because that's the way the game is played today. You know, the, the quick shooting, get into your offensive system immediately. Right. Um, like, I mean, Giannis, he, it took him years to grow, so he's not a great example. But also Giannis plays quite a different game than like the traditional quote unquote European system. I mean, well, I feel like the European systems, it's more meant for skill rather than like athleticism. While Giannis, you know, he represents the complete opposite. Right. So I think um, any American that has the opportunity to go overseas, you should do it. Like, why waste your time going to college? when If you know you're going to be a one-and-done player, why even go? You can't even focus on being a basketball player. You have to go to school. Where if you're going and playing in another country, you're playing against men, you're not playing against 18-year-old boys, and you can do it 24-7, 365, where you can't do that in college. I think you get a advantage over people coming in, and you can see the way the game's played professionally – and you just have a head start. So let me ask you this, Jesus. Let's take LaMelo as an example here. You know, the guy went from Chino Hills 
to Slovakia or Latvia, whatever, then to Australia. Do you think that's kind of a route that more of these fringe college guys should be taking? Or should they kind of do what Jalen Green is doing, what Kate Cunningham is doing, going to the G League? Um, I think going to the G League obviously gives you – if you're a fringe uh, prospect like that, then you probably should go to the G League. But if you're like LaMelo and you're a well-known name, you can go and I think you're going to benefit more from going overseas. Like I don't think LaMelo was a fringe player. I think he would have went to any college that – Right, and I, I don't want to call Cade Cunningham and Jalen Green fringe players by any means. I mean, both of them are going to be extraordinary once they come into the league. But do you think college is still a viable option for those top players – or do you think the G League and overseas is it, you know? I think if if you go to one conference in general, if you can get into the ACC, then I think you have a better chance at developing your game and becoming a top prospect just because you are going up against those elite players. But if you're going to, like, the SEC or you're going to, like, the Big Ten or whatever, I don't, I don't necessarily think that you're going to be playing good teams, like, every time you're out there. So you're kind of hurting yourself. Let's say, like, you're on Duke, and, like, you know, Duke gets the top prospects just all across the board. If you're, like, the fourth best player on on the team, you're still, like, a high-level recruit, but you're not going to get as much attention, and you're not going to develop as much, I feel like, as you would if you were, like, the top dog on a team. Yeah, and that's and they're dumb for making that decision. If yep. you know you're the fourth best player going to that team, then you should say, you know what, I'm going to st- – go somewhere else like i'll go to a syracuse i'll go to a boston college where i can play you and i can show that i'm the top dog and you guys can just go and play like have easy ball right that's just my thing if you're going up against elite prospects then you're good if you're not you know outside of kentucky who who's really in that conference that's really going to push you so Let's uh let's stick with the Duke example real quick because I think there's a really interesting case to be made here. Cam Reddish was a top ten recruit that, that year. He teamed up with uh RJ and Zion, and look how how he fell. You know, he's a role player in Atlanta. Do you think his career would have been different had he gone to say a Syracuse or even a North Carolina State? The hype would have definitely been more than it is right now, for sure. I think um, I think he would have been drafted higher. Yeah. But would he would he been put in a good system? He would have been been thrown into a situation where he would need to perform relatively quickly. And if he didn't, then people are going to call him a bust. Where now he's in Atlanta, he can be a role player, and then he can develop and he can turn into the player that people projected him to be. Just because he had more time to develop in the spotlights out. Maybe if he had the spotlight, maybe he would have more of an opportunity to show us what he is, to show us his strengths. And then maybe a team could be like, oh, like. But if he's not ready. Like, even if he's not ready, but it's like. So, so. It's like this guy, like he fits exactly what we need. We can mold him into the guy that we want. And he can maybe like impact the team faster than we all think just because he fits the mold that we need. 
or looking to build. But then why isn't he showing like then why aren't you showing it with the team you're on right now? Wait, what was that? Why isn't he showing you that with the minutes that he's getting right now? Because a great player will show you all that within the minutes that he's getting as a role player. Clearly, they don't think he's a role player. Or they don't think he's a starter. They think that right now he's a role player. So if he goes anywhere, like he was drafted, what, 10th? Cam, no. He he fell, dude. He fell hard. Um, I think you're thinking of Cam Johnson, uh, who was drafted, I believe, 13th to the Phoenix Suns that year. But Cam Reddish, uh, he fell quite a bit. Um, oh, actually, no, he was first pick, tenth. I damn, you got oh damn, that. that's sad. Wow, played <laughs> out <know> sad. <laughs> Why did I think Cam Reddish fell so hard? Are you thinking RJ? No, RJ, RJ got drafted three. third. No, RJ um, Hampton. Hampton. Yeah. RJ Hampton was drafted in the 20s, wasn't he? Oh, my God. I am kicking Damn. myself right now. Damn. Take back what I said about Karis LeVert. Say that I was right about that. I'm not saying that you were right about <laughs> Karis LeVert. Or about RJ Barrett being better than Karis LeVert. Like, no, I'm sorry. Can oh, I change okay. it? Can I change the argument? RJ will be better than Karis LeVert in his fifth year. In his fifth year? Yeah, because Karis LeVert's going into his fifth year. Yeah, that's more of a debate. Okay, then I'll say that. Yeah, he has shown me more, he's shown me more than his rookie year than Karis LeVert has shown yeah. me in his four years. That's that's bad because I don't want to be looked at like as a Stephen A. Smith type because I feel like that might have been that. No disrespect to Stephen A. Smith, it's full disrespect. To be honest, that's something he would have said though. So like, it's true. Yeah, so I can't like hate on you that much. Yeah, like. Damn, I really, I really was so confident thinking Cam Reddish fell hard. I'm just, I think we got to give me props for knowing the exact number that he got or the yeah, exact like, draft spot. Tenth overall to Atlanta, like I'll, I'll give you props, man. Like, damn, and I called Cam Johnson at thirteen. Nah, he was eleven. Thirteen was Tyler Hero. Mm. Pain. Yeah. Um, so I have an interesting. Uh, Interesting point about the G League. Yeah. And I want, I want your guys' input on it. So I was watching the uh, Jeremy Lin documentary. Or docu- documentary. Sorry. I always You said it right the first time. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <really>? <laughs> yeah, you didn't. You, didn't Hobie, have, you, you kind of thought the British time. the second time. You're like, documentary. Oh, okay. Because so, I thought the A was silent like it is in elementary. Because I've been called out many times on it. How, how do you usually say elementary? Element the A? The A is silent in elementary? Yeah, I always thought it was elementary, but it's not. Is it elementary? Yeah. That sounds that feels so weird. Elementary. So weird. Like I went to elementary school. Like that sounds natural. Like you know what I want to name my kid? I want to name it like Bob or something simple, but just put a bunch of random ass letters in it and then just say they're all silent. Because like what like Kunal probably will know this, but no one has ever been able to answer this question. What the fuck is the reason for silent letters? Like, you're just adding letters just to add. Like, if they're silent, like, who gives a fuck? Like, Bro, you I was a journalism that. major. I wasn't an English major. <laughs> like, but, but, but could you tell me? Because no one can tell me. And they're like, oh, I don't know. I asked all the time in English class. I was like, why are silent letters even needed if you're not supposed to say them? Just take them out. 
Because there's certain linguistical rules. This is an assumption, all right? This is a straight assumption. I don't know for a fact. I'm not an English major. I'm not a scholar by any means. I'm just a journalist who happens to host a podcast. Uh, but I think there's certain linguistic rules in the English language. Um, linguistic might not even be the right word for it, but whatever. Semantical rules, I don't, I don't even know. But I think there's certain rules that we have to abide by because that forms the basis of the language. I think those silent letters help form the basis of the language. See, here's my thought. You know, uh, like whenever um, like the election process starts coming around every four years and people are like, the electoral college is broken. We need to fix the system. Well, why can't we fix this broken system, our English language? Like that's where people need to put their time and effort in. Fix the stupid ass English language. Oh, so that I, we don't have to metaphor. talk about It's a good metaphor for the way the country works. Some asshole decided that was a good idea to begin with. And then they have asshole kids who continue the tradition. And then it it literally just manifests its way through society and never leaves. And nobody ever questions it. It's exactly. just take away just take away the silent letters. We can say the fucking word without it. We can read it without it. If you're, if I'm supposed to say element, element, what is it? Element. Elementary. I can't say. I it's can't elementary, say dear Watson. I, I can't say it without the a. If we're not, if I'm not supposed to say it, then don't put it in there. That's all I ask. And do what's fucked up about that. Like now that we all know that elementary is elementary, now we're gonna be insecure every time we say a tough word. Yeah, because they're gonna be, like if you say elementary to somebody, am I like, oh, I said it wrong? Now they're gonna think I'm a moron, or exactly. are they gonna like, oh, I didn't even know that you were supposed to say it like that? See, you oh. just have to go in with just the purest of confidence. You got to be me thinking Cam Reddish got drafted in the twenties, in the late in the late twenties. <laughs> you just got to pretend that you're so sure of it. I just and then I'm gonna no take one. back what I said. <laughs> RJ is better than Karis Slipper <laughs> right now. No, you're just wrong about that. Like, that's a universal wrong. I'm saying it with my chest, though, so it has to be right. You know what? As long as you're saying it with your chest, that's all we can really ask for. <laughs> um, Speaking of your chest, Jesus, I think we need another transition. Oh, gee, wait, should wait, I do wait, 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 wait. I want to talk about the G League. Real oh, quick. wait. All right. Oh, sorry. Yeah, let's, let's do the G League thing first. So I was watching this... Um. Jeremy Lin documentary. Yeah. And um, as you guys might be aware of, he got sent down to the G League or D League back then. I think it was for Golden State. Yep. And he said the way they played was more different than anything he's ever played with. He said that instead of like a team-oriented basketball, everybody was in it for themselves because they wanted to get – they wanted to rise up the ranks. They wanted to get paid. So – for a young for a young kid, maybe it's not the best idea to be playing with a bunch of selfish adults. That's the way I see it. But it also could be because like that's how the NBA is. A lot of the teams, at least a lot of those guys, they're just looking for theirs. So maybe it's uh, it's good to learn the way that the NBA style is, but see, also it could be detrimental. See, I think. The D League that Jeremy Lin played for, I don't think you see that in the G League today. I think in the G League today, you see a lot more team-oriented basketball. You still have guys who are playing with that me-first mentality, but I don't think that wins you an NBA job. What I want to see, if I'm in a GM 
or a scout or whatever, and I'm looking at a G League kid, essentially what you're doing every night is a job interview, you know? That That's essentially what you're doing. And I don't want to see you shoot nine for 30 and score, I don't know, like 23 points, you know, leading your team in, in an incredibly inefficient way. No, like if I see a guy dropping 12, grabbing eight rebounds, you know, really putting in defensive effort, maybe getting like, like what, two steals, a block. That to me speaks volumes about how well you'll do in the league compared to that kid who's dropping 25 a game inefficiently. He turned the ball over eight times. Sure, he's balling out, you know. He's showing off his, his crossover skills. He's showing off that he can dunk a little bit, whatever. But I want the team player. And I think a lot of guys in the G League are starting to get that message. I don't know if all GMs have that mentality, though. I mean, like, obviously, some are going to see a role player that could benefit their team, so they would call him up. Right. If you have, like, a Trey Burke who's just eating, he's just going off, like, you're going to call him up, and especially if you're a bad team, you're going to call him up and see what he can bring to you. No, I'm not saying don't call up the star G League player, you know? Yeah. Like, Trey Burke, he's not inefficient. He puts in defensive effort. He's a playmaker, you know? He's He plays an unselfish brand of basketball, but can also lead a team because he understands in the G League that's his role. But there's a lot of guys who come out there and try to be top dog when you don't have to be top dog. Do you think it could be detrimental if, like, you know, a kid straight from high school, he's he's just like a scorer. He's an ISO dominant scorer. He comes in thinking he's going to do the same thing, but all of a sudden he runs into all these grown men doing the same thing. And it's all of a, all of a sudden now it's like this huge competition. Um, that kid needs to learn. Yeah. That ISO ball will only get you so far, both in the G league and in the NBA, you know? But you know what I mean? Like, let's yeah. say it's just like a guy has the same style. He has the same role, but they uh, pulled in this young kid and the young kids like battling for the role or whatever. Like, do you think that could be detrimental to the kid? It depends on the kid's mentality. You know, you have to learn to be yeah. versatile. You have to learn to be competitive. If you don't learn those lessons and you don't show off a sense of versatility, you don't show that you're willing to help your team grow. I think that's when it becomes a problem. And that's when you yep. can, when a GM says, Hey, let's back off. You know, this kid obviously doesn't get it. He doesn't understand what it's going to be like playing in the NBA. Because again, you know, when you're coming from the G league and you're co- going into the league, you're not going to be the top dog. You know, you're not going to be Luca. You're not going to be Giannis. But what you are going to be is off the bench, most likely. And you're going to have to find yourself being able to support your team and support the top dog. For sure. So if you're in that competition with the ISO guy and, you know, he's 26, 27, still in the, in the G League, you're 18, ask yourself. Ask yourself, why has that man not played a second in the league? playing this brand of basketball 
learn from his mistakes and become a better player like that. Tell my G League who's watching this. Become versatile. Support your team. Don't be the ISO guy. I had a contract with the G League. It was a 15-day contract, but I get my knee got fucked up right before I was supposed to go. Damn it, Jesus. You could have been the top dog, bro. I could have. I could have. I would have shot 15 of 20, gone 10 assists, probably 15 rebounds. Maybe more Two turnovers. Yeah, probably more because I'm aggressive with the boards. Yeah, I, I don't think you would have turned the ball over once, honestly. Like, really? Damn. <laughs> Thank you. I, I probably would have. But, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was a situation I wish never happened. I wouldn't be here today. Yeah, Syracuse.com actually said that Elias was going to be the next coming of Reggie Evans. They said, we don't know why Jim Beheim is not offered this kid a contract. He can shoot from anywhere on the floor. <laughs> I, um, Tyus Battle, who I, is probably in the G League, he was doing an ask-me-anything type question. And um, I said to him, let me play you for your scholarship. Man never responded, so you know he was scared. Oh, for sure. He read about you. <laughs> yeah, he was like, damn, I can't play this kid. He knows um, he's going to take my scholarship. He saw your mixtape. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's only play against that Negus kid. And he's like, yeah, that kid is fire. Yo, there is this. So we were in community college, and um, there is like this kid that like would be decked out of in like Jordan shit like every single day. He was just different headband, quiet. like different like headband, just yeah. everything. He was like a, I'll say it. He looked like a clown. Like he just was trying too hard in community college. That was just my thought. So weren't we like bored one day? It was like a nice day. We're like, yo, like who's trying to play basketball? And they're I think like, it was yeah. Dollar Hot Dog Day, to be honest with you. They had a basketball on them at the at the courts, and we were like, yo, let's play two v two. So we played two v two, and like, I think I just gave Elias the ball the entire time, and like literally like Elias just ate, like just destroyed him. Boy, like, dropped fifty. Won, like, it was like we won like ten to like two, and like back in the fishbowl, which is where everyone would hang out at OCC, like these two kids would just be talking all this shit about being so good about basketball all the time. So we just completely like destroyed them, and then like every time like I see like this kid mentioned any on any social media, I'll like I'll tag Elias. I'll be like, Yo, Elias, <laughs> remember when you destroyed Michael Negus? <laughs> He um I recently saw him um last um Halloween at um Coleman's and I saw him and I was like I recognize him so I I was like with people I was like yo I beat the kid in basketball I destroyed him he was like yeah. no man don't expose me like that it's like nah man I gotta expose you he acts like it never happened yeah and he and he knows and like he knows that Allen was trash like I'm sorry Allen is trash at basketball I've never seen a worse player. Outside of his twin brother, who yeah, was, I'm not very good. He's trash. Like I put that team on my back, and I and those two kids couldn't believe it. Yo, I won't expose the other one. I'm not gonna. We can't expose the other one. I I can't expose the other one. No, because you know who it was. He blocked me on Facebook. You got oh, blocked he did? on Facebook because of a pickup game? No, it was something else. Um, I don't oh. know if I should be saying it on here, but it's pretty hilarious. Same. All right, so, if it's bad, I'll just have Zach cut it. So I'm not going to say his name, but this guy, like, 
This guy is obsessed with LeBron James. <laughs> I know who it is now. <laughs> obsessed with LeBron James. Um, and like I have him added on, I had him added on Facebook, and literally every single one of his posts was just him slandering LeBron James, hyping up Michael Jordan, like every single thing. It was always like like comparing their rings, basically saying how like LeBron's like a cheater, a fraud how his teammates were so good, like blah, blah, blah. Just the standard boomer shit. So one day, I, like after like he posted like eight straight times, like every time I opened the app, I just kept seeing him post it. So I just commented on it. I said, yo, did LeBron fuck your mom or something? <laughs> <laughs> so this guy's slide like DMs me and he's like, Hey, yo, you trying to tussle, bro? Don't did talk he, shit about my mom. Did he actually use the word tussle? He literally said tussle. He was a corn. And I was like, I think I was like, uh, I mean, like, personally, like, I'm not that angry about it. I'm, I just find it very, like, weird that you're so obsessed with the man. Like, how do you hate the man yet he's the only person you post about? And then he just blocked me. And that's yeah. like that's how weird the LeBron hate has gotten in today's society. You, I, I just want to recap this real quick. You asked the guy if LeBron Delonte Wested his mom. Yep. And got blocked. Yep. I think that's a t-shirt right there. <laughs> I think that's a t-shirt. I think I phrased it like I was like, yo, did LeBron fuck your mama or something? I just hit like that. Yeah, like <laughs> that's a little sus right there. I would have hit you up for that one. I had my pick like, when I said it. I was like, why did you say mama? That's like a corn way to say it. If you just kept it with, you know, did LeBron fuck your mom? Like that's just so much better. Do you think mama makes it disrespectful? No, I think mama just makes you look like a corn. I feel like it's Facebook slander, though. When was the last time you you went on Facebook and someone was like, I talked to my mama the other day. Yeah, I think if you said, did LeBron fuck your mommy, I feel like that would have been a little bit better. But I I feel like if you say mommy, that that makes it so much worse. All right, looking back at it, if I had a time machine, I would definitely change it up, but it's done. Can you you go back and edit it? (laughs) No, he blocked me, so like it's... Tell him, uh, text him, be like, don't unblock me. We're cool. I won't ever say shit about your mom. And then share the post that you did and then say, did LeBron fuck your mom? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think we need an easiest transition here. <laughs> oh, my back and my knee. And guys, we're joined by the Cali to Q squad. Say hi to oh. the nice people out there. What's going on? Thanks for having us. Thanks for bringing our podcast over to the Challenge Sports. We are Kelly DeCuse, myself, Lucas, and Andrew Poppy Carey. We got the podcast called Up in the Rafters. going to be all about college basketball. We got you covered from Cali to Cuse. Lucas being our Cali correspondent and Poppy living in Cuse. Uh, say hello, guys. What's going on, everybody? Happy to be a part of the Challenge and all the good things that you guys are doing. Um, We've been doing this for a few years, and we finally got picked up. So I guess you could say we're making our way up. So uh, 
Big free agent acquisition. Yeah, huge, huge market potential here. But uh, super excited to be a part of it. And uh, obviously the Cali part of it, but I'm living in New York these days. But um, still bring that California flair. Yeah, excited to be a part of the Challenge Sports. Thanks for having us, guys. And uh, excited to uh, roll out some new ideas with the podcast and get things going. Yeah, so Kelly DeCuse, Up in the Rafters is the podcast name. Should be coming soon. Be primarily about college basketball with a little betting twist, so you'll want to tune in. Hopefully get some interviews, uh, live reactions, things like that. Focusing on Syracuse, California sports, everything in between. We got you covered. By the way, Anthony, I really like that shirt. Where did you yeah. cop it? Uh, I don't know. This new website called, called thechallenge-sports.com. They got this sweet merch shop. Anything is possible. Never settle, ladies and gentlemen. Never settle. Got to get. I need one of those. The, the merch is hot. The merch is hot right now. I like it. I can't wait for you guys to debut. Podcast coming soon. I'm super hyped. I know the casuals are super hyped. Can't wait to have you guys on again. Yeah, we can't wait to debate some topics. Obviously, you guys talk more about NFL, NBA. We can weave some of that NBA college talk. Should be good. Oh, yeah. Up in the Raptors coming soon on Spotify and on YouTube. Check it out. Oh, God, I'm in pain. Want to know why I'm in pain? Because next up, we're talking about the Eagles, my favorite team. And, boy, you've heard of Elf on a Shelf, but have you seen Wentz on a Bench? Oh, I've, I've seen it. I've seen it the past three seasons. Yeah, like, <laughs> this is just painful. This is just painful to watch. Yeah. And of course, Jalen is kind of balling out. So, like, I love it. But at the same time, we pay Carson so much money next year, man. This is pain. Stephen <laughs> A. Smith voice, pain. Here's my thought on the whole situation. It seems like Doug Peterson was enjoying coaching again and like he could like open up his playbook to the fullest extent because he was doing um, everything that he wants to do with Carson Wentz with Jalen Hurts. And it's just like, again, for the third time that Wentz has either gotten hurt or benched and that team has just been filled with life. It's probably probably a, a breath of fresh air. Just being like, yo, like someone can finally run my offense. Yeah. Here's so here's my thought. When in 2017, um, the Eagles ran the most RPOs in all of the NFL, right? They were like the ones making that a thing, right? Right. Then Carson Wentz tears his ACL. He's a fragile little bitch, and they can't they can't call those plays anymore. And he so now they're just slide when he get when he breaks through. Yeah. So it's just like. The, Doug Peterson's like, I got to protect this guy. He's like a $100 million quarterback. I got to protect him because if not, we're screwed. And he's a ticking time bomb. Like, the man does not know – the man does not know when to slide. He's just very careless. He's going to fumble. So, he doesn't – what you're telling me is Carson Wentz hasn't mastered the down B yet. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly it. Do you think he just needs to play more Smash Bros.? Is that it? Is that how Carson Wentz fixes himself? Yeah. Like, may- maybe find a new hobby. Like, I don't know. Like, I think you should we, find a new sport or a career. Like, we owe, first of all, I think he's fine. 
like playing football because obviously he's finessed a hundred plus million dollars out of the Philadelphia oh, yeah. Eagles. We're paying a backup quarterback that much money. I think he hunts before the games, and I think that's his problem. He just sent, he just getting up too early, going out <laughs> there trying to find those deers, and then he just like he he runs and he forgets to take off his sleeve. He yep. still's got that for the game. The the guy has lost all his mojo. I don't know what happened to him, but oh, well, I know what happened to him. Jalen Hurts uh, was drafted, and he's his feelings were hurt. And so, uh, what did you see from Hurts that you liked? I just like that he could literally run the offense that they wanted to run. Like he literally, like, um, <laughs> we have a writer who is a Jeff, or uh, a Eagles fan. His name's Jeff, and uh, he was like, the only reason he looked good is because he can move around in the pocket. Hurts uh, yep. could only move around in the pocket. Yeah, that's the whole point. Like that's what you want. You want your quarterback to move around the pocket so he can make plays. Did he almost have more rushing yards than he did passing? Sure, but Lamar does that every week, and nobody's saying anything about that. But you got to give Hertz props. He went up against a good defense. He went up against the number one team in the NFC, and he basically controlled the game the whole, the whole game. And, and, with, props. and with technically the worst offensive line in the league, he didn't get sacked once. Yeah, he around in the pocket. I, I, I don't like those air quotes. <laughs> I, I really don't. But I, I will say this, you know – Having a dual threat quarterback like that is huge, especially for an offense like the Eagles have. Um, have. And just being able to have that fluidity, we saw the results of it. Jalen Hurts is going to be a wonderful addition to this team. That said, we owe Carson Wentz so much money. But well, he- you only have to pay him for one more year, and you have an out after next year. Oh, thank the God. Thank the Lord. Because next year he's making $34 million. Oh, that's pain. We're already and this $60 year, million over the yeah. gap. So you can't cut him and you can't trade him because if you do, you're basically going to be – you'll have nobody. Like, you won't have anybody on the team because they already have to lose high-paid players who are going to be veterans slash good players. So, like, if Carson Wentz couldn't do it this year with the talent around him, Sure as hell ain't going to do it next year. I will say this about Hurts, though. It seemed like, honest, like when you watch the game, like the offense wasn't amazing. They weren't that great. They got the job done, obviously. But the thing about Hurts is that he literally just took what the defense gave him. He didn't do anything crazy special. You know, he was obviously like awesome on the run in the running game and he was very dominant and fast and he made the defensive ends have a he made them live in a in a hell all day. But on some of the passes, like these guys were just wide open. He was he just looked smooth, he looked confident. You know, he wasn't holding the ball on for he wasn't holding on to the ball for too long. He was just doing what he had to do. He was going through the measures. And that's honestly all you really need from a quarterback in that offense. And the team like looked like they were enjoying playing with him. And they were like, yo, we actually like this guy. We don't like that other piece of shit. On that one touchdown, do you see how lit the sidelines got? Yeah. And like, you think that was happening earlier in the year? I don't think so. I don't, I don't think so either. They were like, I oh, mean, we finally took the lead. Yeah, what? they're like, wow, we're winning a game? <laughs> what? <laughs> this is such a weird experience. 
And then you, <laughs> I don't know if you saw the picture, but like there was a picture of like Carson Wentz looking at Doug and like Doug looking back at Carson with like this, like he was wearing a mask, obviously, but you could tell he had like a smug look on his face. He's like, yeah, you suck. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, if, um, if the Eagles make the same mistake a third time, if Jalen Hurts can win them a division, because they're not on it, they still have their game and a half out. And if the Red, I am so sorry. That is two weeks in a row. I am so sorry. If the football Boy, team. when we start talking baseball, <laughs> I swear to God, if you call the Cleveland baseball team. The, you say it, say it, you can still say it. They haven't changed it yet. Oh, if you call them the Indians, we're, we're done. Podcast is canceled. I'm canceling this. I, I'm so sorry to all the Washington football fans out there. I know that and all the Native Americans out there. Yeah, that's uh, you've been uh, given a bad hand already. I'm sorry to rub it in some more. Um, but yeah, I mean, if the Washington football team loses, so if they lose the next two games, their final game is against the Eagles, and if the Eagles keep winning, that game decides the division. Oh baby, please, please let's let's get into the playoffs again in the last week. That's all we need. If he can do it, and you go with Carson Wentz, then I'm sorry, you're just making bad decisions at that point. You deserve that horrible contract on your roster because Hertz isn't going anywhere after this season. No, oh no, like at this point, keep him in the starter. Yeah, like there's there's no reason to start once in 2021. You keep him back there. You make sure he doesn't get hurt because I guarantee all his guaranteed money is. Injury guaranteed, so you don't want him to get hurt. You don't want him to have a career-ending injury because then you got to pay. Sit him, shut him down. You're not coming back. Hit free agency, and we'll see what you get there. I just find it so weird that they, it looks like a lot of Eagles fans are rooting against Hurts. Yeah. yeah, it's so weird. <laughs> they're, they're such Wentz lovers that they just, like, can't see what's in front of them. Like, I saw, like, on Eagles Reddit, like, people were like – um, this was like a month ago, and they're like, uh, "Hurts doesn't even look like he's ready." And I'm like, "He's not ready." But he's I'm still like, he had he had five opportunities to show you like what he could do. So you're telling me that in five plays that he you magically know that he's a bust? Like, give the kid a chance to play. It's like, is Wentz even ready? No, <laughs> Wentz has been in the same system for five years, and a guy who's been in the system for what is it, fourteen games? Clearly knows the offense and can control the offense better than him. You know how I always roast Carson Wentz for not sliding, even though he's crazy injury prone. Yeah. Guess what Hurts did? And like um, B, I I was gonna throw up the B, but you know, gang signs. He literally he saw this guy about to plow over him, and he slid. It's like yo, like once you had like four years to figure that out, and you couldn't do it. This guy did <laughs> in his first game. And then when you slide, you have the opportunity for, like, a guy to hit you in the head, and then you're getting even more yards on a penalty instead of just, like, hurting your back and not getting anything. Literally. I think that's why Carson Wentz doesn't slide is because he, like, remembers that concussion last year and is just like, well, not he today. remember it. <laughs> <laughs> he remembers not remembering, you know, that black hole. But, yeah, um... Man. If we're going to end this now, I just want to say one more thing. Yeah. Fuck Carson Wentz. <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> I spent years, years convincing myself that Wentzylvania was it. 
You know, we had that Super Bowl run. It was glorious. You know, I mean, he had nothing to do with it. <laughs> he won us 10 games. What do you mean? He but had... Did he win the Super Bowl? Was he available to play in the Super Bowl? He put the team in that position. You know, Nick Foles, greatest finisher in the history of finishers. You know, like that man's third leg carried us to a to a Super Bowl in the playoffs. Yeah, but in the regular season, it was Carson Wentz doing a lot of the heavy lifting. And then the next year, you know, struggles. But hey, we we all, we all have a tough time sometimes. You know, sometimes we struggle. And then 2019, he was ass. You know, 4,000 yards. None of the receivers had more than 500. Boy. But that's a, but that's a record. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> technically speaking, it's a record. It's, it's, I, I don't it's know not why a good record. I don't know why we're so proud of it. Just, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, man, that's, Nelson Aguilar had 300 <laughs> yards, baby. Let's go. Let's go. Did you, see, did you see Jeff put that in the chat? Like he was acting as if that meant anything to the argument. Like, no, okay. he throw to the receivers. <laughs> like, <Literally>, yeah, like <laughs> you guys were just blowing up my phone at one point. And I'm just like mute. Like I'm, I'm like I love you, but like I'm at work. I got I got work things to do. Well, then they'll be like, yo, like we shouldn't have, we shouldn't have drafted Rager. We should have got Justin Jefferson. Yes, like, they should have. But they, they should have. No, but like like yes. But, like, if Jefferson was on the Eagles, he would still have, like, 200 yards no matter what. So it doesn't even matter in the grand scheme of things. And I think Jefferson does, like, get – he does have Adam Thielen on the other side, and that does take away from – Yeah, he's helped Like, the defense. He does. But, I mean, they should have – looking back at it, they should have drafted him. But in the grand scheme of things, like, once isn't going to throw him to him – isn't going to throw it to him regardless. So it doesn't even matter to begin with. Well, I don't see what's thrown to anybody anytime soon, if I'm being <laughs> honest. Yeah. But uh, let's go to, let's talk about a good quarterback. You know, somebody who really lifts my spirits as a Western New Yorker. Yep. Josh Allen owns Western New York. Is he as good as people think he is? What do you think, Elias? I don't think so. The guy still is overthrowing short passes, which is crazy. And he's still – he's just not as good as every delusional Bills fan thinks he is. Like, I'm sorry. Like, he's not a top-10 quarterback right now. He's not a top-10 quarterback. Not in my eyes. Not in my eyes. All right. Who's in your top-10 and how many of those top-10s? Quarterbacks are Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold is 37. Oh, thank the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was going to be as bad as the RJ take. No, the, no, I, I know what Sam Darnold is. He is trash. Um, but, I mean, I could probably name 10 quarterbacks. Um, I don't I think hope you can name 10 need. quarterbacks. <laughs> I don't think there's a need. I really don't. I mean, this season he's clearly at least – a top he's four a top, quarterback. He's a top 15 quarterback. I'll give he's you that. a top four quarterback this year at the very least. The dude's a baller, and I was wrong about him. And I will be the first to admit it. I watched a uh, Mel Kuyper YouTube video today. He went on. Oh, that, you lost all your credibility right there. So 
I, like, I don't know, man. I, I really like Mel. I, I so really, really? Like Mel <laughs> so he's I, he's probably on par with Matthew Barry with how much he misses. Just to be so, honest, yeah, dude, Mel, he's trash. Mel Kiper's trash. You have to watch the the clip. He's like redrafting the 2018 draft, and it was like basically just saying that like Josh Allen it should have been is like the should have been the first quarterback taken. Like that's what they were trying to do, and. Mel Mel Kiper hit like they were arguing with him and it literally looked like his head was going to explode the way he was defending Josh Allen. It was it was something to watch and I highly recommend it. But the thing with Josh Allen, we all we all looked at his uh, completion percentage in college and we're like, oh, this guy, bad decision maker, inaccurate, he's gonna be a bum. We all thought that was an obvious take. We all thought he was going to be a project quarterback. And honestly, I think he landed in the ideal situation for him. And McDermott is playing to his strengths absolutely perfectly. And it's is it, pretty amazing to watch. Isn't McDermott a defensive coach or is he an offensive coach? I, I think bl- he's an I believe, offensive coach. I think he was a defensive coordinator. I could be wrong. Well, what, whoever, if it's the offensive, it's their offense. It's, it's their offensive coordinator. He's very good. He's gonna so, he, he's gonna get taken away from them this year. What's you their what's, what's his name? Uh, something with a B. Ballberry, something like that, maybe. He's gonna get a job somewhere. Yeah, because like, he, to be honest with you, he could be the Jets' head coach next year. And that's a good that's a good candidate candidate. I would jump on that. He's great. That offense. The, what they're able to do with a Josh Allen, who we didn't think was going to be shit, he comes into this league, has a mediocre season. Um, I mean, we can we can blame it on his weapons, we can blame it on whatever, but he was a rookie. He was obviously very raw. Um, didn't look that good. We all thought, yeah, like this is what he this is what he is a fifty percent completion percentage. Barely is going to throw for 2,000 yards. This He's just trash. Next year, bumps it up to 3,000, adds 10% to his completion percentage, bumps his one-to-one touchdown-interception ratio up to two-to-one. And then this year, he bumps it up again. Now he's a 4,000-yard passer, and his receivers are going to have over 500 pass or receiving yards, unlike Wentz. On top of that, he has a three-to-one touchdown interception ratio. He's became a passer that we didn't think was absolute that was even possible. This dude's a legitimate pass threat in this league. And his patience, his accuracy in the short to intermediate passing game is impeccable. And the fact that he can get those passes out so fast, even off his back foot just because of his arm talent. It just helps his receivers. I, th- I think personally, his stats are good because he's just been force feeding Stephon Diggs the whole time. Like Why Stephon is that a Diggs, bad thing? I mean, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but you can't just put all of it on him. You got it's a lot of it has to do with Stephon Diggs. Like Stephon Diggs has the second most um, targets throughout the league. If you take Stephon Diggs off, is he the player that he is today? You're just gaslighting his great performance. 
his performance but is if you, just because he has a great receiver. So, so, so um, Deshaun Watson, you could say, has struggled this year because he doesn't have his receiver that he would force me the ball to every every week, right? And Deshaun was never this good. And he had Will Fuller and DeAndre Hopkins. Don't say he had Will Fuller. Will Fuller played three games in his whole career. All right. Outside, well, outside of the PEDs. Okay, well, he had DeAndre Hopkins, and he was never this good. And honestly, does it even matter? I mean, the system fits Josh Allen, obviously. Didn't, didn't Deshaun Watson throw for over 4,000 yards last year? Yeah, but I mean, look at what so so he's Josh just Allen's as good. Doing. <laughs> look at what Josh Allen's doing. He has a a pretty shit defense, a shit running game, and he should be what eleven and two if not for a hell. Deshaun pass? Deshaun had a shit running game last year, did he not? But I mean, he was the wasn't... entire reason why they dr- traded for David Johnson. Y- yeah. And but the, the Texans were never on the level that the Bills are, and the Bills are literally being carried by their passing offense. Am I wrong? What's, I mean, what's good on the Bills? Their defense sucks. And the Texans' D was good last year. It was it was above average. I'm looking up some stats. I'm sorry. Wait, I got it. Deshaun Watson stats? No, I'm looking up defense stats. So, yeah, they're average. So, I guess he didn't throw for over – well, he did in 2018. But, I mean, in 2019, he had three – almost 4,000 yards. He's probably going to have 4,000 yards this year. I'm just saying – it. It's not. I think it has to do with the uh, Stephon Diggs on that team. If you take Stephon Diggs off, does he have the same year? Wait. So, do you think Josh Allen makes Stephon Diggs better? No, because Stephon Diggs was already a good receiver. So, why is Stephon Diggs having a career year? Because he's getting forced to put the ball more than he was in with the Vikings. So, you think that uh, Kirk Cousins had the chemistry that Josh Allen has with Diggs? Why do you think he's so good with Diggs? Because he's force-feeding him the ball. (laughs) Think about it. Why do you think he's so good with him? When everyone knows if he's force-feeding the ball, if if he's force-feeding him the ball, why can't defenses cope with that? If they know he's getting the ball. Because he's a great receiver. So you think it's just because he's great, even though they can double him, they can try to neutralize him. But Josh Allen, he's not a good quarterback. So if you take take Stephon Diggs off of that team, does Josh Allen have the same stats and does the team no, not look completely different? you can say the different? same thing about Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. You can say the same thing about Herbert and you can say with uh, Keenan Allen. You can say the thing, same thing about anyone with a top receiver. That's you why Love doesn't have one. You could say the same thing about Mahomes and Tyreek Hill or Kels. You can say the same I thing. Think if, I, think if you, I, think, I think if you ta- I think if you take Tyreek Hill off that team – he can still Pat Mahomes can still perform. I think and, he's still going to do good. And I think and I think Aaron Rodgers has also shown that if you take Devontae Adams off the field, like but he has done almost every year, you, like your point is that he's not going to. But I'm saying, good. but what I'm saying is, if you take 
Stephon Diggs off that team? Will Josh Allen elevate those other receivers? I don't think so. Not the way that Pat Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers go. He did with John Brown. He did with uh, Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley's yeah. having a career year. John oh, yeah, Brown had a career last year. For like, what did he? What did he have? John Brown had like seventy-five catches, a thousand yards, and he's old. Can we stat check that, please? Yeah, we can. I just I don't think that Josh Allen makes his receivers better, and I think the only reason Cole, makes I think his receivers better. I think the reason Cole Beasley is having a career year is because one, he's the second receiver on that team now, and three, he is the slot guy who oh the slot guy always has a lot of yardage. Allen, so you were guy, close. Seventy-two receptions, thousand sixty yards. So you're saying that Josh Allen isn't good because he had he's throwing to his elite receiver. I'm not. I'm not saying that. I'm saying. Is it Josh Allen's talent, or is it the fact that Stephon Diggs is on the team? Because if you take Stephon, think, if you take Stephon Diggs off that team, I don't think he has the year that he had. That he's had. I think it's a mutual. I think they're mutually benefiting each other, because Josh Allen, obviously, he's not a great deep thrower, but his arm strength is so ridiculous that he can get the ball as soon he can get it out and on time to digs as soon as he's out of his break. And that's why you'll see him just dominate last game. He threw to him like four straight times. Everyone knew where the ball was getting, but they literally could not stop it. And that's the Steelers. They have a very good defense and a very smart coach. They literally could not stop it. It wasn't just because of digs. It's just because digs and Allen are a match made in heaven. But if you put if you put another receiver on that team that isn't the, not the same talent level as Stephon Diggs, would that happen? If you no. give Josh Allen any receiver that's a good possession receiver, he's going to make them better. So Josh Allen made Stephon Diggs better. Yeah, that's dumb. That's it's dumb not. I think they're one of the best I combos think, in the league. I think Stephon Diggs made Josh Allen better. I think. I think both. I think it's mutual. Like I said, I think he makes Diggs better. I think they're both tailor-made for each other. And I think Josh Allen made it cool for receivers to go to Buffalo. Okay. Think about it. Remember when Antonio Brown, he, uh, he got traded. He got sent to Buffalo after his debacle with the Steelers. And he acted like he was being sent to like a third world country. And he was like, fuck Buffalo. And, and, forced the trade not to go through what if brown went to buffalo we would have seen this josh allen a year earlier i don't, I don't know so. about that man like why do you think so because brown was an absolute trade wreck there was no brown, salvaging that if brown went to buffalo and didn't lose his fucking mind we would have seen this uh, yes but also that hinges on Brown not losing his mind and becoming a SoundCloud rapper. I think he would have lost. That's a his big mind. if. I'll, I'll give you that, that. That's a huge if. I think but, Brown is looking at what Diggs and Allen are doing right now, though, and he's like, "Wow, that could have been me, man." He's like, "He's like, wow, that could have been crazy." I could, I, I could have been <laughs> pissing off Sean McDermott instead of John Gruden. I don't think he cares, to be honest. <laughs> 
Yeah, probably. He's, <laughs> no, he's, he's too busy farting on his nurses. But, yeah, Josh Allen, he is so fun to watch. And I, I just don't understand how, like, how everyone was so wrong about him. It, it's crazy. He's he's going to – and he's just going to keep getting better, and he knows what he's good at. All right, boys. Since we're talking about Buffalo, there's one thing I want to end on. I think we're all connoisseurs of the Buffalo wing here. I think we all know what a good Buffalo wing is. Best Buffalo wings you've ever gotten. Where did you get them from? Applebee's. This podcast is over. I'm done. You're you're fired. Goodbye. I'm an anchor anchor bar guy. I've never had a uh, a wing from Buffalo, but um, I am a big fan of OIP's wings. OIP char grilled. OIP is pretty fire. Those are really good. You got to get crispy. Yeah, you this the on the grill whatever they do that's just bomb. And it sucks that they're not open on Sundays, which is, uh, I guess we're going to do a plug for them. But, like, wouldn't you, like, so they don't do Sundays because it's, like, church day or whatever. But, yeah, like, you're mo- they're, like, you're losing out on so much business there where, like, if you want people to, like, go to church or whatever, like, just open up at, like, 12 o'clock. <laughs> like, most churches are done by then, you know, and just, like, make your money on Super Bowl or not Super Bowl Sunday, just football Sunday in general. Honestly, it's really. It's- if I'm if I'm a pizzeria, I'm going to advertise exclusively to the church people and make wings part of the church experience. Oh, that's where you're given like um, communion. Just it's like Jesus, it's like, here's my body, and they're just like, what? <laughs> wait, but why don't they just force Jews to work on Sundays? That's well, the Jews <laughs> wait, can't work what? on Sundays. Isn't Sunday Sabbath or is that Saturday? Uh, it's Saturday. Some go to um, services on Sundays, but it's not like church. Yeah, then they're missing out. Yeah, yeah. that's a business opportunity, right? <laughs> it's just, it's dumb. So, what's your favorite wing? Is it the, like, the the leg or the wing? Like, the drumstick or, like, the flat? Drums oh, all the way. Yeah, drumsticks. Yeah, drumsticks. People that like Wait, these no, flats. actually flats. Flats are the best. Come on. Flats are they're, they're just so much work. No, yeah, it's, it's so annoying. Crack one bone off and then it's just a clean it's okay. one swooping well, motion. You gotta do like a twist and crack, whereas I and Isis here, all we have to do is go chop. Chop. And there's more there's more meat. There's more good meat in the in the drumstick than the flat. That's where I disagree. But half half of the half of the wing is just plain chicken. There's no flavor whatsoever. Like in the middle, there's no flavor. At least the way I eat it, I eat it probably like a moron. If I'm if I'm I'm not breaking it like that. I think if you're breaking it wrong, it's not enjoyable at all. I specifically um, like if I if they like if I order from YP, I'm like, can you only give me drumsticks? See, I, like, no. I do the same thing, but with flats. Well, you're you're a psychopath. I love flats, man. But um, I would have to agree that Applebee's um, wings are decent. 
They're like slimy. But the boneless wings are pretty good. They're those aren't real wings. Those are chicken nuggets. Oh my well, they're god, called boneless you just wings. Said boneless wings are real. Oh my god. What? Wait, Kunal, you I never think... answered the question. Sorry, where did I get my best wings from? Or yeah, yeah, your favorite wing spot. Oh god, that's hard. Uh, all right. Damn, this you is hard. Duffs, I swear to God. No, I. I was going to go Avicoli's because Avicoli's is up there for me. Whoa, really? I've never had Avicoli's wings to even judge. I, I think it's because I associate Avicoli's wings with just the best times in school. That's why. Skipping skipping lunch period to go there? No, like like 12th grade English, we just randomly would get Avicoli wings like for just random reasons. Oh, yeah, like it's your birthday. Boom, let's order some wings, bro. Like, just randomly. Um, but there's this place in Rochester called Wings Over. Shout-outs to them for having some fire wings. Them, Sal's Birdland. Like, I, I got a whole list. You want to hear a funny story about wings? Yeah. Why, so, why, do you think I, why do you think I did this? Oh, I didn't know if we wanted a funny story or not. Or we wanted no, a serious no. story. Serious story? <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Can you sit us down and tell us a serious story about wings? <laughs> yeah. I once eat a wing and it had a worm in it. <laughs> Why does your wing have a worm in it? I don't know. So um, there's this wing spot at a Valero near my work. Valero, if you go to a Valero and they have wings, the wings are probably going to be amazing. This, this Valero place is pretty good. Um but I got like a bunch of wings one night and I went home, I ate them. Then the next morning I just completely just shit my pants. Like it was just like wet diarrhea. It was disgusting. So I, so I had to go to like this like work thing and everyone like, I just had to keep leaving cause I was just shitting like crazy. And then people were like, why do you keep leaving? I was like, I, I had wings last night and I just shitting my pants. And they're like, Oh, okay. So then um, a couple months later, we did a story on that wing spot because somebody recorded a guy just dropping raw chicken on like the ground and picking it up and then like cooking it and like getting it ready. So I so that I'm pretty sure is why I was probably shitting my pants. Damn, dude. Wow. Yeah, so I've never I've never been back. I don't but they do you. have good wings. They have good wings, so I've been tempted. I was gonna say there's a lot of like just random gas station joints that have phenomenal wings for just no reason. Yeah, and like nobody ever talks about them. They're like, uh, they're like I, I tell people all the time. Like before I found out that um, they were dropping wings all over the place, I was like, Yo, man, the Valero down the road's got some great wings. <laughs> you guys but, ever uh, had Little Caesars wings? Oh, those are disgusting. Yeah, they're like I, pigeon wings. Yeah, they're like this, literally that big. Oh, and then God. they're like 20, 29 for 12. Yeah. Dude, I got to say the worst wings I've ever had on Long Island, right? Shout out to you, Alan. There's this little deli by Stony Brook in the village, right? I order 100 wings for Super Bowl Sunday. These things, yay big. There were winglets. They weren't even real wings. <laughs> Like, did they find baby chickens and murk some baby chickens for their... These were just the tiniest wings. 
The buffalo sauce, atrocious. I don't know how you mess up buffalo sauce, but they messed up buffalo sauce. Do you guys like barbecue wings? I mean, I'll have barbecue wings, but like... If it's like too much barbecue sauce on it, then I probably won't like it. It has to be like just enough. Oh, have you guys ever went to wing night in Smoky Buns? Yeah, I went once. So haven't, but I want to. Elias, have you had the smoky flavor? I probably did. I had a bunch. Like I had a bunch of flavors that night. It's their signature wing, so it's like a dry rub, and then it has like a drizzle of like this barbecueish sauce. And um, I was celebrating Ramadan with a bunch of my Muslim friends, and we broke the fast by going to wing night. So we were just gonna completely devour all the wings, and. Everyone's eating the smoky wings. And I take a bite and I'm like, yo, doesn't this kind of taste like hot dogs? And then everyone's like, nah, dude, these are fire. And then everyone else takes another bite and they're like, dude, you just ruined it. (laughs) It literally tasted like hot dogs. Yes. So I was watching this YouTube video. Like it was like three in the morning. I'm on my phone, just bored. And it was celebrities, hot dogs. And I want Brad Pitt's hot dog. Dude, like, do you guys know who Maddie Matheson is? Yeah. Maddie Madison. No. Yes. So he's a celebrity chef. He's he has the Cholula commercial on Instagram. He was like, ah, he's like really obnoxious. Yeah. Um, fun fact, the lobster rolls I make based off of Maddie Matheson's recipe. He's a he's a goddamn genius at times. But his hot dog recipe is just so weird. Um, like, hold up. Let me bring it up because this is – so he essentially makes hot dog poutine, right? Um, makes the gravy, puts, like, mustard and ketchup in the gravy, which I'm just like, Why? Why does he look like Bam Majera turned into a chef? He looks like Bam if Bam and Action... Or no, he's the child of Bam and Action Bronson. That's what he looks like. Yeah, yeah. It's, that was a good call, Elias. Like, tell me, like, right there, he doesn't look like Bam. <laughs> he looks like Bam just let himself go. I mean, Bam has let himself go. Yeah, <laughs> I saw a picture of him in Steve-O. Like, Jesus like, Christ, he looks yeah. sweaty. Do you know what's a was... problem when Bam when Steve-O looks healthier than you? Yeah. Did you yeah. did you ever watch Bam's um Dr. Phil episode? No. No. Wait, yeah, Dr. Phil episode. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. <laughs> All the drugs went to his brain. He's just he's fucked. This has been the Challenge Sports is uh, the Casuals podcast. Yeah, take that, Charlie Armadillo. We got this. I am the Chief. Charlie Armadillo. Joined by the Hebrew Hammer, Jesus, who's somewhere. Fuck you, Charlie Armadillo. Jazz hands. You won't do jazz hands in your next video. Honestly, you're too big to do jazz hands. That's our thing now. Jesus with the challenge sports along with the Hebrew hammer hosted by the chief.
we will fuck you up and let you down and give you all the horrible takes. Hit subscribe. Please, we need you. That's what we do at the Challenge Sports.